1: saria here chief green alchemist at going to natural do you know it takes less than 30 seconds for your skin products to enter your bloodstream yeah so knowing what's in them super important we know you want what's best for you and your family and here at going to natural so do we we care about the environment we care about the animals and most importantly we care about you we offer free support for your healthy journey and love providing affordable, all-natural products that are responsibly sourced, cruelty-free, luxurious and always made with love. We're not just a shop, we're a community and we'd love to have you. Browse our collection of plant-based skincare products and natural tips and tricks at shop.goingtonatural.com. That's shop.going the number 2 natural.com. A conscience brand for a conscious community. Use code love earth for 15% off your first order. Welcome to cherry's world. dreams whether college pro or both you don't want to miss this episode of cherry's world today we will have on mr ron allen he is not only my friend from elementary school but he is the owner and operator of b2g sports b2g Sports provides a network of positive role models to help student athletes develop character wisdom and excellence these are pro players people they prepare student athletes for their challenges and responsibility as college and pro ball players, using football camps to instill confidence, worth ethic, and personal accountability into their future leaders that they will become.
0: Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at Cherry's World Podcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard.
1: Welcome to Cherry's World. Give a warm welcome to Cherry's World from my boy Ron Allen. I am so excited to meet Ron for a couple different reasons. Ron is really the home, right?
0: Okay. But all on.
1: going on with B2G is like the most phenomenal thing I've ever gotten to witness with my own two eyes. I got this phone call one night and he says, What are you doing? and I said, Nothing. And he said, well, do you want to come up to Calu and help me for a little while?
2: Oh, he, snap. I forgot about that. I, that was my <laughs> whole some labor. introduction. I got Sherry Johnson. That's funny. I and forgot about that. So,
1: and so I was like, cool. I go up there and I didn't know what I was walking into, right? I walked into this dorm room and it kind of took me back to our childhood, even though we was grown. And he had walls and walls and walls of shoes and clothes and bags. And I got there and he literally threw me a bag. And he said, put a, put a size 10 tennis shoe in there. Put a size
2: <laughs> Got straight clothing. to
1: it. Yes. And he was like, get a large shirt. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, I was looking at him like, where did you get all this stuff from? He runs this elite football camp for these boys basically teaching them techniques and stuff and all his kids go to like these amazing colleges and a lot of them go to the league and play pro ball Nice. but this was my introduction it was it was filling up these bags with just this incredible gear but not not only are his kids flashy and well put together and they literally, B2G provides everything these kids need.
0: So.
1: But I got to go and kind of like witness the camp because I got nosy after that, you know? Okay. Like, sure, I'll stay with you for five hours and fill up these bags, but what are you going to do with these bags? <laughs> he allowed me to come and watch these practices. And so I'm going to stop talking about what I saw. And Ron, can you tell them exactly what it is that you do?
2: No doubt. No doubt. So, my mission in starting BTG Sports was to teach young players that were going to college everything I wish I would have known before I got there. A lot of the business principles, the competitive hierarchy, just the politics of college sports, you know, with so much money going through it. Um, a lot of kids have a rude awakening when they get there because they're not they're not prepared. So, from on the field to off the field, how you carry yourself, um, how to maximize, you know, your your brand. I kinda of felt it was a, a lot of relevant topics that kids that were next in line to be the next college stars had to learn. So I had to, you know, put together a, a program that was fun, engaging, exciting and relevant um in order to teach that. So it's a lot of life principles, I think. You know, being taught football is just a language, but um, you know, as we've seen over the last ten, twenty years, football, you know, as an NFL sport is is exploding and gaining the popularity. But what's happening is you have more kids at an early age chasing the dream. So yeah, we're just trying to teach them the right way to go about it.
0: With all the the recent, I forget the uh, what's it called, when people. Uh... Man. But anyway, you know a lot of a lot of football. TTE issues. Yeah, yes, there you go. Yeah, how's that affecting with mothers um, enrolling their kids even in football now? Because my wife won't let me put my sons in there.
2: Right, right. I, I think the real impact on, on that concept is probably not going to hit the elite group for, for quite some time. I think what's happening is you have a lot of the masses that normally would not put a kid up to play. Youth football, say eight, seven, eight, nine. Um, You know, I'm thinking twice about it, right? But don't get it twisted. High school football, um, in terms of the elite athletes, the college-bound athletes, you got more of those kids chasing the dream. They probably weeded out the kids that weren't very serious about it. I mean, one thing I I know about uh, raising teenagers is that if they really love something, it's hard to keep them away. I don't care if it's a nappy head ain't shit type of dude that your daughter loves or it's a sport like football that, that your, you know, your son is really passionate about. It's hard to keep him away. It it really is. So I I don't, I haven't seen it yet.
1: For the lames, um, it, you, you, you got to help me because there's a lot of single moms out there listening to this. There's a lot of women who are raising sons who maybe were not football fans. What are the CET issues? Because you guys are talking way over my head right now. So please help the lame brains.
2: Yeah, so to put it in, in the lambs' terms, um, the CTE concept was um, something that scientists were discovering um you know were the cause of uh many mental depression disorders that you know were being experienced by uh people who have any kind of trauma to the brain um you know unfortunately, mm-hmm. football caught the the bad rap of it because of um really what it what it came down to was the ownership of the n f l were reluctant to take care of the retired athletes. In terms of their medical bills and keep them on insurance and all that. And so when they sued, um, you know, the the retired athletes uh, sued the the NFL, Um, a a lot of truth came out to the practices of the ownership not being conducive to really the best interest and safety of the players. And then, you know, more specifically, there was a lot of guys that were walking away, you know, either depressed. Um, more, even worse, suicidal. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, there was a lot of science that just came back and just said, yeah, if you're continuously taking blows to the brain, it can cause real long-term damage. Um, you know, now, here again, uh, the thing about TTE that we need to keep in mind is that yeah, football got the bad rep, but there's so many ways kids can do concussions.
0: Right.
2: Absolutely. Um My 18-year-old daughter um, got a concussion in, in basketball yeah. um, this past season. Um, if you do the, the research, uh, women's lacrosse per capita has more concussions than any other sport. Um, so, wow. you know, bike riding, boxing, the, the way yeah. the kids play, there, there's so many ways to do concussions. So wow. I, I try to remind people, you know, don't don't give football all the blame for CTEs and all uh, of uh, you know the cases that might come up, but it is something to be you know uh, thought about. Now, here's where we are today. Fast forward to July 2019, the concussion protocols are night and day as a result of this um, this research. When I played, I probably experienced two or three concussions and didn't realize just because. The culture was, hey, run some yeah. dirt on it, get back out there, and keep playing. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was also a time where water, getting water, was seen as a sign of weakness in 100 degree weather in two day practices. So, you know, a lot of those archaic, um, you know, ways of of coaching kids, it, it's out the window, and the NFL because their their pockets got hit in a major way, um, as well as NCAA, um, they really turned around their practices. And it, it's so many precautions and safety measures that are being taken now that make the sport way safer than it was when I was playing. That's for sure.
1: I've yeah. had a few concussions myself and I can't blame it on football. So we want to Ron. Right. Now, Ron, his nickname, he's also known as the Godfather. He's the Godfather of 707. Ron, where did that nickname come from?
2: um it it came from just being in the game for so long so you know when you start a business you put your passion into it it's usually because you like whatever the product or service is and you hurt, you hope people uh you know take a liking to it right so we start doing these elite football camps to teach kids what they need to know to be successful in college and then probably about 10 years later um you know we had a lot of top kids that were coming to our program on a weekly basis to get some skill training footwork uh position specific drills and so when recruiting publications and i'm talking um companies that were owned by fox sports espn cbs um you know when the when the big guys came in the media and started covering uh you know the next reggie bush the next Heisman Trophy candidate that could, you know, sign it at University of Oregon. It was obviously a lot of media cameras and attention that came to our program. And so it was basically, uh, football traditionally was not a club sport. Um, you had basketball, a teams, travel clubs, baseball. Pretty much every other sport had a club component to it where the elite, college-bound players would go outside of, say, the high school season, but it wasn't done for football. So when that opportunity finally came and we were basically in in line to put together the the best team uh, talent-wise that you can ask for because we already had had a following. And so uh, 7-on-7 went from a drill you did at practice with your own team was just passing only, you know, linemen, is working on um the passing game, uh, no patch and not tackling um, we came up with basically the best all star seven on seven team and that was the new concept uh so t- I think it was about two thousand nine um, yeah, we ended up going to this tournament in Vegas that was put on um basically for the country I mean it was teams from washington uh i want to say as far as indiana and uh i mean it was just really the first national all-star seven on seven tournament and we came out there and put together a team
1: they were mad they saw b2g walk in and y'all was all sparkly with with nice uniforms and bags and they was hating from the go is that the truth
2: yeah that that that's what happens i mean when you come out and you have what everybody wants quite naturally the haters are going to come i took it as a compliment you know Absolutely. you must be doing something right if you got haters right but yeah, cool. i mean before anybody before anybody else had sponsorship um you know we we had it and the you know i mean it's one of those things where it's easy to be a good technician like you might know how to bake a cake but it's different when you can start a business, and now you have something like Nothing But Cakes, a, a franchise, and it's you know a smooth-running business. And that's kind of the approach we took: was you know let, let's use some real business principles and, and do this the right way. Let's, let's get some corporate sponsors. Let's let's get some um, you know some help from the the powers that be to, to make this the best experience for our players and. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of haters that came with that. And then hate- throwing the, the, the wins, the wins, the wins, and it's like you're the Lakers or, or the Yankees, like everybody just loves to hate you just because.
1: Yeah. I hate to put you on the spot like this, but you got some guys that went pro this year. Um, can we do a little name dropping real quick, just to let them know, like, on the level of what B2G is really producing?
2: Yeah, so... I'm always proud to, to pick up my, my guys. I mean, I'm so excited, like a grade school teacher, to see kids go on and take what we've learned and do something huge with it. Um, one of my favorite players um, came out of SC, which if anybody knows me, I'm a UCLA brewing through and through, but uh, Iman Marshall, better known as Biggie, uh, was a kid that, just has a special place in my heart because he was uh, we call him B2G lifer. You know, he started in eighth grade and was with us um, every spring and summer and since. And, um, you know, seeing him now playing for the Baltimore Ravens with another of his uh, B2G teammates, Jordan Lasley, who was drafted last year out of UCLA. Um, just seeing them interact in practice, excited that, you know, families on the, on the team with them. Like that, that was huge for me. Um, Trent Irwin, who, who's out of Stanford, another one of my guys who I'm just so proud of because he was just so relentless and dedicated to the work. That's what you don't find as often, right? Everybody loves to win. Everybody loves to get in the, the championship picture, but every once in a while you got those like Kobe Bryant types where they're just so methodical and just almost like weird. Is so dedicated to the uh, to the work, obsessed, uh, and that's Trent Irwin. Um I, I he's down with the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to him. So I mean, there, there's all kind of players that that we've watched, um, you know, grow into basically studs. You know, on the, on a the professional level, I, I just always love to see the kids who really put in the hard work. Um, I love to see them succeed. Right, because you know some some guys are just born with it right and even though all the guys have to work but some guys are just born fast big strong and they just had it but i love to see guys like Iman marshall and trent Irwin who really work for everything they've gotten so shout shout out to those two guys for sure
1: Aww. hey
0: you know um f- football well basketball is my favorite sport but football is a sport that I learned so much about. Uh, just uh, being a team, it's uh, probably the most uh, patriotic sport too. To could you tell mothers or just parents in general what kind of lessons you can learn, your kids can learn? Because I feel like that's what I learned the most from playing high school football. I wasn't even that good, but you know, I was just big enough where I could just knock people down, but it wasn't just, it wasn't like, whereas basketball is just a a showmanship sport, where it's mostly about individuals. I think the ultimate team sport where everybody on the floor, everybody on the field is important, you know, could you like maybe push that message to maybe some mothers or parents, I don't want to single out the mothers that maybe maybe don't know that about football. They think it's a a barbaric sport or something. No
2: doubt, no doubt. You know, for most single mothers, it's tough to raise a man. Some people say it's impossible, right? But for the most part, I I will acknowledge it is tough. How do you teach, um, you know, a 15-, 16-year-old boy how to be tough, how to have perseverance, how to, you know, be able to to, – uh, basically rely on teamwork to execute a uh, an assignment and a mission. And, and for many of us, I mean, even the guys included, there's so many lessons that we're already teaching in, in the home. Um, you need something else to help, you know, form that kid's understanding of, of what the real world is going to be like and Football, I think, is probably the best feature of that. So most high school football players already, they're learning how to conform to rules. To me, that's that, that's probably the best benefit, if not anything else. Similar to the military, obviously, I know most people like myself don't want to see their kids go have to risk their life to learn how to follow rules. But, um, you know, that's what boot camp used to do for a, a lot of kids. Um, especially the ones that would get in trouble, you know, with the law. The boot camp was like an option. Well, football is a boot camp in itself. Um, being able to understand that you need to pick up your teammate in order to execute your your mission. What I mean by that is, um, like you were saying, in basketball, you could just go one-on-one, ISO, dunk on everybody, and then the crowd screams. Yeah. In football, it's you know, you've got 11 people that are all – given an assignment that if one person messes up, it can make for a catastrophic, you know, mistake that can cost the game. And so it's a different type of lesson that's being learned. And so a lot of the coaches, um, even though some are better than others, a lot of the coaches are basically teaching these kids how to grow up and be men that can be accounted on, um, that that they can hold accountable. Um, It it gives a great, great uh, toughness lesson. And then you have basically the the concept of winning, right? I'm I'm really big on teaching kids how to win because when it comes to life, I don't care what it is, whether it's paying bills, whether it's, you know, finishing a good day at the job, you got to get as many wins as you can, right? And what not a better way to teach kids how to win than, than to put them in a sport where they can do just that, win, learn how to win, learn what it is. Takes to win, and I think that it's just going to come easy. So, to me, I mean, we can I can go on and on with that concept because football has definitely been a life lesson um, in, in many different facets for me. But yeah, for sure, um, any any single parent, male or female, but especially females, uh, if you have any problems with your kid, not necessarily um, obeying all the rules and not being um, as proactive or active enough as you want, throw his butt in football. Chances are he'll like it, he'll appreciate it, but it'll force him not to off get, get off his butt, put the video game down, put the social media down,
0: and go out and learn how to get it. Uh, it seems like you can almost put any kid, whereas like only a certain type of person or a certain type of kid can play basketball. But it seems like football, you can find a spot for any kind of kid on the football field if he wants to play. I, I agree. Yeah.
2: I, I, I agree. I mean, look, I, I come across this argument um, on many occasions. When, when I was at UCLA, uh, our football team was, was doing great, as well as our basketball team. And so it was always an argument of, okay, who has the better athletes? And pound for pound, I mean, I'm going to have to go with basketball. And the only reason why I say that is because you don't have too many guys that are overweight, that are slow. Mm-hmm. But still have a place on the on the team, right, right. right? So, in football, you know, not to say that the linemen aren't great athletes, but you don't have to be right lean and jump out the roof and and still be fast. I mean, and then if you you know if you're a kicker, you don't have to be any kind of athlete. You you know, I mean, no, no disrespect to kickers, but yeah, you're not asked to go, you know, right. have to defend uh, or, or run routes. You, you just kick, and that's it. You know, so yeah, there's there's a place for everybody. And I think anytime you're on the team, no matter if you're the snapper, um, the long snapper that, that his his only job is just to hike the ball to the kicker. Um, or you're the quarterback, there's gonna be life lessons that are gonna be learned about how to operate on the team. so yes, there's there's a place for everybody, um on on the football team or basketball yeah, it's very very limited, very small window of opportunity right. to uh to make the team.
1: One of the things that I noticed about your boys when I was there is they're all very polite and kind and well-mannered. Is that something that you guys also teach?
2: Oh yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. When when we do our, our elite camps, um, I mean, right off the bat, it's it's a scared straight type of situation. Like we're very direct with what it takes to be successful. And that's one You got to have character. I I think that doesn't get, um, you know, spoken on enough when it comes to what we see on the media, ESPN, um, social media, at that. Because we see the finished product. And the finished product is always the highlight, right, or holding up the championship trophy. But not too many people understand that when you get to college, at least, let's just take college. We're not even going to talk about the pros yet. It's such a competitive situation to earn a spot on that team or to keep a starting spot on that team that character ends up being one of the biggest ways to get rid of a kid. If if his character can't be counted on, he's expendable. they will find a new guy who can run just as fast.
1: That's such um, a true. now I'm a football fan. I've always been yeah. a football fan and Ron, you're probably one of the reasons why I'm a football fan. But for those parents out there who really don't know much about football, what are some of the steps that they would take or that G would take to help get their kid recruited in one of these top schools?
0: So
2: networking is, is everything for making connections, for getting to the next level. Um, and, and I've spent the last 20 years of my life networking with college coaches, um, athletic directors, um, NFL scouts. So, really, um, you know, I, I I know that the um, the the term agent ends up being kind of uh, frowned upon when it comes to uh, high school sports or college sports because of the legality, whatever. But in terms of the concept, you figure in most other situations, if you have talent. Say in Hollywood, you're going to have a talent agent that's going to help connect you to the next level. You're going to have, um, so you know, like even a liaison. They, uh, and a, li- a liaison to kind of walk you through and make the connections, right? Even social media influencers have agents now that are connecting them to uh, people on the corporate level that have, you know, money to spend and they know how much is supposed to be spent or they have. Um, you know, opportunities for auditions. Well, it's kind of similar in in football. There's all kind of um, college camps when they're looking for kids to offer scholarships to, or there's media opportunities where you can kind of brand yourself and and make yourself more visible to colleges across the country. Um, That's pretty much what BTG has been doing. I mean, obviously we're not licensed agents per se, but in terms of function, um, we've been connecting Kids and their parents to college coaches to um, recruiting opportunities, and so yeah I mean i'm you know basically turning to a recruiting expert that um, yeah, if anybody has any kind of you know potential, we can help mold that potential and maximize uh, their worth within this you know football industry
0: this is cherry 's world hey, if you want to continue to support cherry 's world cherry 's world podcast. Shop Urban Intellectuals. Shop Urban Intellectuals under Cherry J75. It helps keeps this podcast up for the magic word free. So if you're a supporter of Cherry Johnson and the Cherry World Podcast, shop Urban Intellectuals, shop Urban Slash AFF slash Cherry J75. That's urbanintellectuals.com slash AFF Cherry J75.
1: I was amazed while I was sitting there. I turned into a straight fan, Courtney, because I had some coaches and parents behind me, right? On the benches with me, and then when you look on the field, there were pro players on the field teaching oh. these kids. Courtney, it was amazing. Ron, can you tell us who some of your staff is?
2: Yeah, so you know the, the benefit of um, our culture in terms of the type of players that, uh, or excuse me, the type of coaches that that we attract. Most of them are guys that we played football with, um, or friends of their friends that they played football with. So. Um, you know, for example, Matthew Hatchett, uh, when I first met Hatch, I was, uh, what going into my senior year at UCLA and he was playing for the Minnesota Vikings. So it just so happened he was the fourth receiver behind Chris Carter, Randy Moss and Jake Reed who anybody that knows that era, that was
0: oh, yeah. a very
2: exciting, um, you know, area for, uh, uh, for Minnesota football. So quite naturally years later, I run into Hatchett, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I, he had a celebrity softball game going on in Arizona, and Hatchet's like, yeah. So, what's up? And I'm trying to get in the coach. I'm like, man, come, you know, coach with us. So he comes on, and with Matt, Hatchet came guest appearances by Randy Moss, guest appearances oh, wow. by Terrell Owens. Um, and so you know, it, it's that that was a perfect example of of just you know when you have a, a network. Of guys that have you know done big things Um, their friends tend to be those type of players so you know just to have you know Hall of Famers come and uh, teach the kids what you know basically reinforce what we've been already teaching them it's great it's it's awesome Um, but again I think really what I what I've seen is that it's therapeutic for us Um, and when I say us I mean everybody that's coached made a guest appearance. Um, it, it's nothing like when you've gotten all you're going to get out of football as far as playing and you can't do nothing else, the best thing to do is go give back. And so, oh. I mean, even even seeing the way Randy Moss and Turo Owens, you know, interacted with the players, you can tell it was therapeutic for them. They got something out of it probably more than what anybody realized. I just recognized it because I experienced it myself. I mean, I'm you know, my career ended – with the ACL and meniscus tear um, going to my seniors at UCLA, and that was all she wrote. B2G, it was more than just a passion. It was my therapy, and that's, that's what helped me from, you know, going into straight depression. I think I kissed depression on the mouth, but being yeah. able to teach kids, you know, in a manner that um, helped them and seeing them succeed, it, yeah, it was super therapeutic. Um, and so, yeah, that, I see that same – uh, impact on, on those guys and then it's like another brotherhood you know it's like a fraternity um that that everybody loves being in so it, it's it's really really cool um i know one year we had um Iman marshall and juju smith who were both u.s stars at the time come back and they worked with um us as camp counselors right so they were um coming back as alumni both of them had participated When they were in high school but then being able to teach the kids their you know their newfound tactics skills that they've learned at FC that made them successful even for them it it was therapeutic i've never seen somebody like juju so excited when a kid scored a touchdown that he coached up because i mean he would literally if it was a 50-yard bomb he would run from the huddle all the way down the sideline, 50 yards to go do a chest bump with the kid. Like that kind of excitement. You can't even pay for that, man. You can't even pay for that.
1: Wow. Uh, Really quickly. I know we're running out of time with you and I'm sure Courtney has something else to ask you, but I just want to know what are your like short do and don't list for the moms out there who don't really know how to guide their children.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that is something I think I'm really gonna write a blog for you and, and um and put that on, on your site. But Thank I think first and foremost, um I'm a big Lakers fan and I watched LeVar Ball do a whole bunch of don'ts in terms of overly promoting the kid, putting <laughs> undue pressure in the media, um to make these comparisons to legends. Basically in a nutshell, let your kid speak for himself, let the game speak you know, for for itself. Um, you don't want to basically chase your dream and live vicariously through the kid. Let that kid go about it himself because if he's really good with the right situation, the kid's going to be okay. He's going to get all the promotion he needs and it's, it's going to be a, a, probably a long process that you have to be patient with, but if if he's doing what he's supposed to do in terms of being prepared, he's gonna be all right. Um, so not overly promoting a, of your kid um be you know be before they earn the promotion themselves. I think you have to pick your battles as, as parents, right? I, I I think most parents know that probably the toughest thing in, in raising kids is is knowing that you're gonna give your kids, you're all. You're going to teach them everything that you know. But they probably are not going to access that information in the time that you work. Right? Yes. They're probably going to access it. Like, yeah, you know what? My mom was right. You know what? My dad did tell me mm-hmm. that. And, and kids got to learn the hard way, just like we did. Yes. Uh, let that be okay when it comes to sports. right? Let the kid make the mistakes and be okay with it. Right? When I, to basically take that a step further, if your kid has a bad game, don't break the kid and jump on him and tell him all kind of negative stuff he did or she did right after the game. The kids are already dealing with their own embarrassment or shame or you know just the negativity that comes with losing or having a bad game. They know it. Just be okay with your kid being out there. Love them up. Be positive. If you really want to, you know, give them constructive criticism. Wait, wait a day or two. But just be okay with whatever your kid does really when it comes down to that game, that's their time. let be their time. And when you get home and they didn't watch this, like you said, they, you know, like you put them to it, they didn't take the trash out or do their home. okay, handle that. Be, be a parent and handle that. But, you know, when it comes to sports, let them do them, be okay with the outcome, and just be positive and love them up regardless.
0: I agree. Oh,
1: Me too. And look. Cherry's world and advice from my sisters would love to post the blog that you write. You got it. Deal.
0: Only exception Deal. I would say to that, cause I'm, I'm a Lakers fan like you, uh, you ca- probably do have to hype your kid up. If if you know personally, he's not that good. Cause I think that LaVar, <laughs> LaVar got his son in the NBA. I don't think he would have got drafted. I mean, maybe second round at best, but that's a story for another day. Uh, you know, a conversation for another time, but you just, you, you struck me right. when you said that about LeVar Ball.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll end it with this. There were times when I was frustrated with Lonzo Ball, but then I realized that the only reason why I'm frustrated with him is because his dad set the bar so high. Yeah. So anything he did less than, you know, be a Hall of Fame caliber player was going to be a disappointment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: That's- yeah, Ron, you know. if a parent out there wants to find you in B2G Sports, how do they find you?
2: Uh, Instagram is probably the, the, the best way now, official underscore B2G Sports. Or for the people that are still on Twitter, Twitter's at B2G Sports. Um, at the very least, if you're old school, you can always call me 310-482-0405. The, mm-hmm.
0: I, I see that they're bringing a lot of women. Um, they're trying to integrate as as backwards, as crazy as that sound, they're trying to integrate women into sports now for some reason. And and it's just like, wow, it took this long to do it. But I I always felt like it used to be that they talk about Condoleezza Rice running the NFL and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. felt it would be easier to bring a woman as a coach for the NFL than it would be for the NBA. And here's the reason why, because – the NFL is more of a, like, Belichick, he's not an athlete. He's he's just a thinking person. He's a smart person. Right. And, he right. you know what I mean? He just assembles a great team. And I just think that, well, anybody can do that. It's not, like, really, you don't really need a presence in the room, whereas, like, the NBA, you kind of need that, you know, presence in the room, like, yeah, okay, what did you do in the NBA and stuff like that? Whereas the NFL, Right, right, right. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I I think if we're talking about job performance, yeah. Unfortunately, culture-wise, NFL, I think, is behind the NBA. Light years in terms of social acceptance, uh, cultural acceptance. I mean, you got to remember, just put it in perspective, I'm 41. I switched positions to go play college football. Okay. And, and, And that was because... It just wasn't an avenue for black quarterbacks at right. that time. I mm-hmm. mean, you had, you pretty much had to be Steve McNair to, to, to make it in college. And he's a great example. I mean, he had to go to Alcorn State, bro. So, right. you know what I mean? Get a shot to go play quarterback in college. I mean, let that sink in. So, I mean, it was a lot of racism, a lot of old money, a lot of, um, good old boy network that, that kept NFL from, I think, in advance as advanced as the NBA. Now, maybe because basketball is more of a, a street sport where you had to deal with more brothers. You had to deal with more of the, the um, inner city players. Um, you, you just didn't get that same kind of understanding and acceptance in, in the NFL or a football period. I mean it's really really sad but um I think that's probably what was the biggest hindrance is just the I mean yeah the 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 racism the sexism the the um good old boy network man is just holding on to the white male privilege as long as they can.
1: All right. Ooh, can can we use that white male privilege are you okay with that Ron?
2: Yeah, I think it needs it needs to be talked about because um, you know, in, in actuality, it's a it's a hot topic that's bleeding across other avenues, right? I think the women's sports, um, in general, but just more specifically now the college, excuse me, the uh, women's U.S. national team, right? Uh, and the issues they've been bringing up, at, you know, definitely makes it a, a relevant topic to today. Um, you know, hell, Trump and the and the whole state of politics and GOP is making it a relevant topic today, but. Right. Yeah, it needs it needs to be talked about more for sure. Good hmm.
1: answer. Good answer. Thank you so much, Ron.
2: My pleasure. Anytime. Anytime. I love doing stuff like this. So,
1: like you say, anytime, but football season is coming. So, when football season comes, does that mean we cut off?
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> nah, I'm gonna have a, all, all kind of opinionated <laughs> things to talk about. Y'all, you gonna have to just take my opinion as fact. That's that's the rule. Like. <laughs> I got to be the resident expert. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No,
1: that's a deal because, you know, I like football. So we might have to try to get you during the season to talk about some of the shit we see on the field.
2: Yeah, I I think that'd be dope because um, really you're probably a rarity in in terms of even today with more women being in the football. I still don't think they know it as well as you do. So it would be dope to kind of bridge a gap between, you know, somebody like yourself and just getting it all the way down to lamest terms, um, you know, what's going on, certain situations, certain topics, stories, all that be dope. The,
1: the politics behind football too. A lot of people yes, don't know.
0: Yeah, so yes, uh, no doubt. Thank hey, you. I, I got a question we can maybe use for next time. Why do you think football, maybe you can even talk about this with your kids. Uh, why do Why do football players rush into relationships? like the i mean cuz it seems like that's their down, downfall trying to balance and maybe this might sound crazy but you're taking them into as as they progress from college to the pros they got to get seem like more violent then all of a sudden you got to turn that off and then try to be in a relationship and i'm not making an excuse for anybody i'm just saying i don't i think they rush it too early do you, do you think there's something there with the point i'm trying to make
2: yeah i i, I think it's probably giving the players too much credit. I think they're being sought after a lot a lot more than than the average person. I mean, if you think about it, it happens, you know, a lot with basketball too where if you're on a college campus and you are balling, right, if you're on a high school campus and you're balling, you are thrown pennies all day long. And mm-hmm. so quite naturally, the human, you know, tendency is, one of them you gonna wanna spend more time with than the other. One of is gonna, you know, be you know, be able to convince you that they deserve the, the letterman jacket and and, and wanna tie you down. And so, um yeah, you you know, you start thinking, I know it happened to me. I, I had a high school sweetheart, we ended up having, having a kid before uh well she was pregnant be, um before I graduated and yeah, it was we were just moving way too fast, but it was because I thought I was mature enough to handle it. You I, know, I could, hindsight is 2020. Hell no, I wasn't. But um,
1: I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I was just
2: throwing a lot of opportunities.
1: I could be wrong, Ron. But do you also think that it's because football players spend more time at home than basketball players do? Basketball players are from city to city to city. Football players. Yeah. Are yeah, yeah. And well, then, I'm, you know. That,
2: that, is, that is a good point. That is a good, well, good I'm point. Just into- in terms of the schedule alone, yeah. You got you got more more time to to, to handle relationships
0: for well, sure. well I'm not even talking about the dating part because like I mean that's good if you can find somebody or a couple people just to hang out with I'm just talking about how to deal with people the the violence that we're seeing it's almost like the cops like I don't know if you yeah. know. It's
1: complicated. Oh, you mean like the domestic violence with yeah. the football players? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. T- let me tell you this, and I'll say it from a women's standpoint. The NBA does a better job at covering it up than the NFL does. Oh. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yes,
0: the, yes. When, yes. When, it comes to, yes when
1: it comes to guys in the NBA, there's a different level of education, and a lot of them come from a background of more money. When it comes from football, a lot of these boys are straight from the hood. And you take these boys straight from the hood, you give them a whole lot of money. And the NFL is not as protective, especially of our young men of color as the NBA are. Oh.
0: That part. That All right. part. Yeah. All right. All right. Tell me something new. Okay. Like, and,
2: we, and it's more it's more of them to worry about. I mean, you figured like take a college like SC, you got eighty five Boys to worry about in twelve uh right. eighty five boys on the football team worry about twelve basketball players on right. on the squad May, maybe fourteen yeah, so yeah i mean it's it's a lot easier to cover up their their stuff gotcha in um you know the football but yeah, you know we, we talk about that in the in the scouting world, you look for a killer, you look for an alpha male, you look mm-hmm. for a guy that 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 can just tear their house down on the field. <laughs> you know what I mean you want him to be able to turn that off off the field that's asking a lot of a brother yeah. um yeah I we, we want we want high character guys and that's why I push character like when we do our three day overnight elite camp we do two day practices on the field but we always do a character building um workshop at night if not two. and so we're you know we're we're trying our best to educate the kids and keep them thinking in different ways and just balls. It's got to, it's more to it than that. However, um, yeah, I mean, shoot, you, you're dealing with some, some cold killers that, yeah. that you know, got to play linebacker that, you know, got to go head up with, with steroidated competition. Like, yeah, he's looking for alpha milk.
1: Absolutely. That comes with a
2: price. Thank you,
1: know. you so much, Ron.
2: Uh, good meeting you, okay. man. Done deal. Appreciate y'all. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.